Good morning, everybody. So normally, as you know, I record these episodes in batches because it's just so much easier for my schedule. It's more flexible if I can like, you know, bank a few and then live life and then come back when I need to do more. Um, But today you're actually getting this uh, a day after I've recorded uh, for this particular episode um, because I did something yesterday that you might find uh, run-of-the-mill, but it was actually a pretty significant life change for me, which is yesterday, um, with the aid of uh, a special someone, I put up my Christmas tree. So, first, yeah, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. Eat me. Like, I wanted to, so I did it. And if you have any judgment about anyone else's Christmas decorations, when they go up, when they come down, when it's appropriate, girl, you need something else to focus on. Like, let people live their lives. Life's hard. If a tree, putting up a tree a couple weeks early makes them happy and get through life, like, just let them. Do whatever you want to do, but leave people alone. Um, the reason I did it is this early is um, uh, there's someone in my life who is a huge Christmas fanatic, and uh, while I am not, um, we were hanging out, and so I was like, oh, well, you're a Christmas freak, so you'll probably enjoy this more than me, so let's put up my stuff. Now, why is, why am I, t- I described this as sort of a a life event for me, and that's because I have not celebrated Christmas in any capacity in one, two, three, at least four years, if not maybe now up to six, depending on your definition. Um, I generally have an anti-holiday stance. Not anti, like I'm not out here like, fuck the holidays. I just, I opt out. Um, and actually, Nicole Byer, one of the comedians whose podcasts I listen to that I love, she said it like perfectly. She has this, I feel the same about birthdays, and she said it perfectly. And she's just like, I don't want you to, like, let's not have arbitrary celebrations. Oh, we're gonna celebrate because today is the day on the calendar that that the world says to celebrate. Like, oh, we're gonna celebrate your birthday because it's the day you're born, and we're celebrating the fact that I don't know, you're still here, and it's like, well. For some people, maybe that's not a good thing. Um, um, no, celebrate me for my accomplishments. You want to celebrate me? Come to a show. Buy a ticket. Uh, subscribe to the, you know, OnlyFans. You know, like, like, listen to the podcast. Like, do something that supports me. That celebrates me because it's celebrating an accomplishment, something that I've achieved, something that I've done for the world, just like, or for entertainment or for something. Don't, I don't want a birth date. Oh, you're you're alive. Like neat. Like that's just don't celebrate me for that. It makes me it's awkward to me. Um and same with the holidays. It's just like, well, I'm not religious, so I don't believe in the whole miracle birth Jesus baby thing. So to me it's more like nostalgia childhood stuff. Which brings me around to so so I guess I should talk about why I haven't celebrated Christmas in so long. So it really started with the fallout with my family. So I don't have a an ongoing relationship with really anyone in my family. There's a cousin that I check in with. She suffers from uh, Crohn's disease. And there's, especially during COVID, there was a lot of um, concern. 
And she's one of the only people in the exterior family, extended family, that um, <laughs> isn't uh, evil. <laughs> so um, uh, I check in with her. Uh, and then my dad sends me a random text message here and there that I respond to, um, like maybe twice a year. And then my mom, that's more complicated. We weren't talking for a long time. During COVID, I checked in only because I knew if, you know, they're older, my parents are older and unhealthy. So, except my dad apparently lost a lot of weight and got himself back together. My mom certainly didn't. So part of me was, honestly, the decision was, if one of them died, my siblings would intentionally not tell me so that they could tell me months after and rub it in my face that I was like a bad son or something. Like, because that's what we're dealing with when it comes to the Tracy family. Petty, vengeful, shitty, infighting nastiness, right? That's, that defines my <laughs> genetics, <laughs> my, my genetic pool of anything. That, that's a good definition of it. And I, so it was more just like, I need to check in with these people because I would just like to know if something happened. And, and I talked about this probably on other, other podcasts, but there was a particular, I, I don't really check in much anymore with mom because one of the last conversations we had, she said to me, you know, I was never, I never really knew how to be a mom. And honestly, I'm not very interested in being your mom anymore, but uh, we can be friends if you want. And when she said that, it was just sort of like, oh, my mom died. I don't have a mom. And I moved on. And I don't need a 60-some-year-old friend who's a shut-in and bumblefuck wherever. So that pretty much ended things when <laughs> she resigned. <laughs> so we moved on. Um, but there was a huge fault family falling out with me, which is basically I found there was a problem. There was an issue. There was something going on. I pointed to it and said, this is a problem and we all need to talk about it. And I forgot or underestimated my family's how far they would go to not talk about a problem um, and not address something and just pretend everything's fine and nothing's happening. And in this circumstance, it required turning me into a villain. And my mother was kind of orchestrating that, making me the villain in the eyes of my brother my sister never liked me, so that was – I was always a villain in my sister's eyes, and the feeling is very mutual. Um, um, dad just stays out of things. So anyway, so basically she orchestrated, which was a big betrayal. It was just because, you know, I was the good gay son. I was the first son. I was mommy's favorite until I wasn't, and I never fully realized – I never appreciated that the – isolation and cold shoulder and freeze out and shit talking that we would do about other members of the family would ever be turned on me, particularly by mom. So when that happened, it just sort of, it was a big line in the sand for me of like life before that and life after that. And life after that, I didn't celebrate Christmas because to me, Christmas was so intertwined with family traditions and what we did the night before and who we saw and buying presents for people and the movies we watched. It was just all, there was nothing Christmas that wasn't intertwined with the family. 
and I just I was I was done with it and so I didn't like I have a tree I have my own ornaments I have decoration like my you know tasteful and you know it's not like an elf vomited all over the apartment but I've got stuff that I just stopped doing I stopped putting up I stopped just stayed in storage it was just like this that part of my life is done that goes away with sort of the family connection um and so to put it up now I'm literally looking across my room looking at the Christmas tree for the first time in oh well I guess I should get to so then after that now I was in a relationship at the time and he was Mr. Well, he wasn't Mr. Christmas, but he he definitely wanted to celebrate. And he was British, so he had a lot of like the British Christmas stuff and the kinds of food you would eat for Christmas feast and the Christmas crackers. Which honestly, I found one in the oh, I found two because I always had two as sort of decorations for him, um, the Christmas crackers. And man, well, one the things I did for him that he just did not appreciate at all and had blind spots for, the fact that I changed my Christmas decorations to make them more British for him, and he just, you know, never noticed. Um, but also, the Christmas cracker thing is dumb. I'm sorry if we've got British listeners. Like, the fuck? Like, you pull this party favor, and out comes junk that you immediately throw in the trash because who wants, like, a plastic ring? Like, it's basically a, a, a present wrapping shitty um, uh, things that your bowling tickets buy you at the bowling alley. Like, those little trinkets are, like, um, plastic spider rings from Halloween. Like, garbage that you would just throw out. It's like, this is a waste. Why are we, why are we doing this? And, oh, it, but it pops when you open it. Okay, well, why don't you get on the special bus? Um, that's probably not, that's probably not a good thing to say. Um, hopefully someone chuckled. So, I, yeah, I, um. So I still had him, and so I, I sort of put the mandate down of like, no, well, I'm not doing presents. I don't want presents. I don't want anything. I don't want to, I just don't want to involve in that whole rigmarole, and he very much wanted to. Now, the compromise was no bought presents or no, like, it's not about money. It's like, let's do something, like a trip or an event or an activity or something, you know, homemade or something trivial. Like, let's not go out and buy a PlayStation or whatever. Whatever the thing is that you get someone that's expensive. And things started to become clear. Because I, I would specifically say what I wanted and what I didn't want. And he would just ignore and get me things like an Apple TV. And then he would use, and I was just like, I told you, don't spend money on this. Like, this isn't the kind of stuff I want. Well, you, you don't want it? It's like. I mean, I do, it's nice, and I use it to this day. Like, I do want it, but that's not the point. The point is, you just didn't listen to me. It would have been more meaningful if you paid attention to something I said, which is to me, and I talk to people about this with, like, when I'm dating someone and we're talking about love languages, and if someone's like, oh, my love language is gift, and I lay perfectly out. I was like, well, what is it for you about the gift? Is it you want someone to be impressed by the amount of money that you spend? Because that was this guy. Because I would do homemade stuff. Like, I bought this map of New York, and then I bought these, like, like for, like, I don't know, 10 bucks, And then framed it. I didn't really frame it, but I, I had it so you could hang it. 
and then I put pins in everywhere, all the apartments we'd lived in since we'd been in New York, uh, everywhere we'd gone on sort of a significant date. It was sort of like our, this is the map of us in New York. And man, was he just like, I think he even said, I don't know if it was to that or another thing that I did. And he was like, so, like, could you not find the laptop that I was interested in at the thing? Or, or did you not have that? It was just like, why didn't you get me the laptop I wanted? <laughs> and I had no, from two, back when I was celebrating, really celebrating Christmas, uh, my first significant boyfriend wouldn't get me, didn't get me anything. Like, not a thing. And I had, at the time, I was like, you know, by this and by that and by this and by that. I was like big into getting and I got him all of this stuff. And he was like, and I kind of, I was upset about it. We kind of had an argument about it. And he was like, oh yeah, you just want shit. You want me to spend money. You just want money spent on you. And he really like made me feel like I was some like diva who just like wanted things and like he needed to buy me things. And I look back at it now and it was, it was clearly his, I, I made money, and not a lot of money. I was a paralegal in those days, but I made money, and he was sleeping on my couch, unemployed. So it was more about his, um, what how he felt about himself and his ability, versus the fact that I had bought him all this stuff. So looking hindsight, I understand what that was now. Still a dick, but I understand what that was. Um, but yeah, so so those holidays were always just like the 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 post family Christmases with with the ex. It was always just like. You're not going to listen to me. You're going to get me things that, yeah, I like them and I can use them, but I specifically asked you not to do this. So I can't really, you know, I can't really enjoy them fully because, yes, I, I like the actual object, but you're basically ignoring what I said I wanted and what my wishes were because they're not what you want and you don't understand anybody who wants things different than what you want. Um... So th so those Christmases were just like, I just suffered through them. And my birthday is shortly after Christmas. And I specifically like, I don't want to do anything. I do not want to do anything. And he surprised me with a dinner with like mutual friends. We like, we were, I was like, let's just, you and I go out to dinner and we show up and there's all these people. And I remember I was just like, I, I, I was caught off guard. Like I, I think they probably registered how just like out of sorts I was. It was just like trying to deal with the fact that, like, I wanted to just scream, like, this, I did not want this, you know? And uh, I excused myself early and went to the bathroom and just bawled my eyes out. Um, um, because, you know, I was realizing that the relationship was over because the, he just was never going to respect me enough to listen to what I wanted. And, oh, and, and I always, so usually... I would take a two-week trip up to Woodstock and rent this cabin that I loved, and I loved just sort of going up and resetting and relaxing because my job was busy. I was busy doing creative stuff. Like, this was a good just, like, let me just sit, write some music, watch Great British Bake Off, and just chill with little Max. And I would take the, the decorations up and, like, put the tree up there. And the final year, and I know I've talked about this, but the final year, he was like, well, why don't, for your birthday and Christmas, I'll arrange it. Like, I'll book the cabin, I'll set it up so I can at least do something. And I was like, that's a good compromise because it's the thing that I would do anyway, but you're going to take care of it. And we go to this his corporate Christmas party that I did not want to go to, a bunch of engineering schmucks and Google assholes. So there I am, and someone asked, well, what are you doing for the holidays? And I said, oh, well, 
but we're going up to, I have this cabin in Woodstock I really like, and we're going to rent it. And he interrupted me, and he was like, oh, we decided not to do that. And I was just like, oh, you didn't want me to do it, so you took control of it to stop it. And it, it, I mean, so from that, so those, like those Christmas, those were, they were like the half Christmases that I would do that were sour. So after that, after we broke up, moved out here to, to Long Island City and was just like, no, we're not doing anything, nothing, done. Christmas is over. And the one Christmas I wrote my movie that I'm trying to get funding for now, like I did things that I wanted to do. Maybe I would get a massage. Um, just spend all day in bed, which I never do. I'm not that person. I'm up and at him. But it was just like, you know what? Today we're just going to rest. That is what I want. And so I did what I wanted. And this was the first year that... And you, a part of the reason I didn't want to give gifts to the ex, honestly, if I'm being honest with myself, I was deeply depressed, deeply unhappy. I knew the relationship was ending. And I just, I didn't want to get him anything. And more than that, I didn't want shit from him. Like, don't get, I don't want you. I don't want you. And I don't want you to give me anything. And I felt stuck because we were living together and I was stuck in that lease. And it was just like, I don't, don't just go do whatever you want with your family and friends. Like, I don't want it. Because I can't, I, I can force a smile and I can be, you know, I can sort of muddle through. But I, I am a terrible liar. And I'm a terrible person fraud and I can't fake the funk so it was really hard like it was against my constitution to like spend all this money and buy all these presents and here sweetheart and oh and thank you so much for this when I didn't feel it so I couldn't do it because I didn't feel it because I can't I don't have that capability to do that it's deceitful and I just couldn't do it anyway so that brings us to today so why why after all this time and it really ties back to what I was talking about, about my inner child last week, about, was that last week or two weeks ago? About doing things for my inner child and that being the, the thing that I do now, what my, what the course of my life is and nurturing that relationship. So I have reframed Christmas as me as the parent giving Christmas to my inner child who's still back there and um, wants this kind of stuff and enjoyed all of that. So I have basically, present day Jack has replaced the role of my parents because I'm my parent and I'm giving it to him. So it's different, but it's similar and it's a way that I can do it without feeling without feeling the feelings of like, oh, this is a thing from my past that will never return. No, it's mine now. I exercise control over it. It's what I want. And one of the things that I I thought to do, because I, I think I've talked about I, you know, the one of my, oh God, I have such shitty exes. One of my exes threw out all my Star Trek stuff as a final fuck you to me when he left. And um, I rebought all of it this year i put i sort of that was another thing i was like well it's gone and that's in the past uh so i rebought most of the stuff and i decided to i was talking to my therapist about this i was like i came to a weird decision which was that i'm going to wrap them i'm not going to open them i'm going to wrap them 
and put them under the tree and open them on Christmas morning. Gifts from me to my inner child. And it will be similar because those are the toys. I mean, those were the toys I got, you know, as a child. My mom would go, and it was my mom. My dad had no, no hand in Christmas whatsoever. The things that were marked to you from dad, he had no idea. I had to show him, dad, this is what you got me. Oh, oh, okay. Like he had nothing. He had no input whatsoever, Um, which I knew as a child. So that's what I would get. She would go out and, you know, I wouldn't get a Star Trek action figure. I would get the entire set that was out that year, every single one. And she would, she would to her credit, she would go from toy store to toy store before, you know, you could do Amazon and find them and call when you're getting the shipment in so she can go because there's some that are, you know, if you get a box, if a store gets a box of 50 figures, there will be 20 Picards, 20 Datas, and then one of everyone else. So she would go on the day to be able to get them all. Um, so I... It'll be very similar to my childhood Christmases of opening and and literally getting the same presents. So I'm talking to him about it. And I'm like, this, I mean, I I understand why I'm doing this. I don't give a shit what anybody thinks of it if they think I'm fucking crazy. And it's for me. And literally eat me. Um, But I did. I was like, is this this nuts? Is this weird? It feels like there's a bit of me that feels weird about it. And he was very supportive of it and whatever. And just like, do whatever you need to do. Whatever helps your mental health, like, do it. Um, And I came to a realization. It's not only reminiscent of my childhood because of the, the tree and the presents and the specific presents. It's not only that. I had forgotten I wrapped all of my own presents as a child. So mom, I'm, I don't know if she's ever been diagnosed, but my guess is somewhere on the bipolar spectrum. Um, she would get, she would like bake a million cookies, too many co- cookies so that we had trays. We were going, kids, we would go out to the neighborhood and deliver. It's like, we have too many cookies here. Here's a huge tray of cookies for this neighbor and that neighbor and that family friend and blah, 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 blah. Just enormous amounts of cookies. She would do that. She would get all of the presents and do all the things. By the time we hit Christmas Eve, she was wiped. And after Christmas morning, especially, she was unconscious on the couch for days, and which is why my birthday is kind of a non-event to me, because my birthday would be slept through. It would just, oh, honey, I did get you something. It's downstairs in the basement. I didn't have time to wrap it. Just go get it. You know, and there were, and it was over Christmas break, so there were no parties. There were no nothing. My, I got the dinner I wanted, a cake, and and my siblings were kind of like, well, if my mom didn't get it for them, it was like, oh, well, we didn't have time. We didn't get it yet. We'll get it. You know, you'll get it in a couple of days. Like the actual day meant nothing really. So anyway, so Christmas Eve, we would go to my aunt's house and my grandmother's house in each year oscillating the order. And my mom would take forever to get ready. And I think it was because she did not want to go 
in a similar way that I was resisting in those, you know, two last two years with my ex when I sort of gave up on the holiday. So I see the parallels. She didn't want to go. She hated his family. Or she tolerated his family. She tolerated her own family. She didn't want to go. And to the point where, like, you know, we were itching to go because there's food and there's presents and we open presents for Christmas Eve from the extended family and blah, blah, blah. So dad, we'd all get in the car with dad and go with him and mom would trail. She'd make it when she made it. And um, especially in the later years. And then because I was, you know, had a more connected relationship with her and have no relationship with my dad, I was like, well, I'll wait and I'll go with her. And, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, hour would pass and she's just slowly getting ready upstairs. So... By the time we got home, she would reveal like, oh, I didn't wrap anything. I forgot to. So I knew Santa was sorry, spoiler alert, Santa's not real. I knew Santa wasn't real from a very early age. I just kind of figured it out. So what would happen, I'd be upstairs in my room. She'd be downstairs in her room. She would box presents so that I couldn't see what was inside them and then like push them down the hall, and I would wrap it. And did I sneak a peek here and there? Of course. And did she know it? Of course. And did she, like, try to tape them shut as much as possible so that I couldn't? Sure. So it wasn't it wasn't completely horrible. But, yeah, I wrapped my own Christmas presents. I would wrap it, put it under the tree, because I was also Santa, and then in the morning I would be unwrapping presents that I wrapped myself. And so I did, I forgot that. And I'm like, oh, I'm doing that again, but now I'm the parent. So it's very interesting how things repeat themselves, how things come back. And as I sit, it's been up for less than 24 hours. As I sit looking at my stockings for me and Max, my tree, I started wrapping this morning, so putting stuff under the tree that I already know what they are. It's just like, all right, okay, I have I have exercised control over this holiday, which used to mean something to me. Didn't because of the things that stopped being important to me because of the things that were missing from it that I felt made it important, important and now have stepped in to be the substitute of the things that were missing. And making my own traditions and my own holiday for the inner child. So we'll see how it goes. I think Christmas Day will be emotional. Um, and a real, like, nostal- like I'm going to be back in memories. There's going to be a lot of, like, oh, this makes me, like, it's taken me back like literally I'm remembering as like a seven-year-old unwrapping and seeing this getting this specific thing so yeah it's going to be interesting so what's the lesson out of all of this I can end your end your Monday morning with um if one do whatever you need to do to make yourself happy yeah do, will some people hear this, or if I to, if some people heard this, would they think, yo, you nuts? Maybe. I don't fucking care. You know what's also nuts? The horoscope, astrology, crystals. It's nuts. Doesn't mean anything. I've talked about this a lot. 
But you know what? It ain't hurting anybody. And if it helps you, you know, if it helps your mental health or setting goals or doing things you want to do or living your life, just fucking do it. It doesn't matter. Who's judging? Who's judging that cares, that matters? No one. It doesn't matter. Do whatever you want to do. So prioritize your mental health and whatever that looks like for you, whatever you need to do to do it, to be happy, if it is objectively wild, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. It doesn't matter. Just do what you need to do. As long as you're not hurting anybody else and you're not, it's not self-destructive, you're not hurting yourself, do whatever you need to do. No one's opinion of it matters.